Okay, we begin by talking about the Lord Jesus is building His church and He's the head of the church. That means the Lord Jesus committed everything, His life, His everything into His body, into His church. And that's why we have to relook at our attitude towards the church because a lot of times we look at the church as if it's something that is external, but we are the church. And so we have to commit our everything because that's where Jesus commits everything into His church so that His plan and purpose can be fulfilled on this earth. So the Word of God also tells us God has given His fullness, the authority that He has given to Jesus to His church. You know, He has equipped His church to do what He has assigned the church to do. That is to fill everything in every way. Right? That's our assignment. We are His body that fills everything in every way. We are to manifest Himself, Jesus, in everything, in every way. Okay, so, so this is a, a very important ministry or calling that God has given to us. And, and in His church, in this body, every part is important. Every part has to pay, play their role. They have a function. They have a purpose. They have a calling for us to do. So that's why the church of Jesus Christ, if we are really building the church of Jesus Christ, every one of us are serving Him. Every one of us are called. Okay? So we have a function and we must fulfill that function. If you don't fulfill the function, that means there is a deficiency, a defect in that body. And we brought it about because Jesus' church is a glorious church. Right? So we brought it about because we refuse to serve. We do not want to contribute the parts that we are supposed to be contributing. We are angry with someone. You see, problems come because of us. Right? We mentioned Jesus is building His church. Demons, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But why? where lies the problem? It's us. So we have to really shift and change our mindset to be the church of Jesus Christ. You know, the way He meant it to be. So God has called us into His priesthood. And we mentioned why some people cannot enter into this calling, cannot enter this priesthood. The first thing is uh, uh, hurts and rejection. Okay? The Lord Jesus was rejected, but He became the chief cornerstone. He became the capstone. And we who are followers of Jesus, you can't run away from rejection. You can't run away from hurts. This will come to you. And we have to know how to deal with it or else we will never grow into that priesthood, into the priesthood that He has called us. So that's what we talked about the last time. So how do we deal with it? The last time I mentioned, we have to get rid of all those bitterness, all those whatever negative reaction, feeling, as a result of those experiences, we, we have to get rid of it ourselves, okay? So it's our responsibility to rid of this thing. Otherwise, you cannot build a spiritual house because there are bitterness. You know, some people, they are angry and they, they are angry with the pastor. They, they leave the church and go and, and then they, they talk and, and, and criticize the pastor and then they start a church. You know, when you are so bitter inside, when you feel 
that you, uh, 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 you suffer injustice inside. And, and in those anger, you want to build a spiritual house? It's just not possible. Okay? So we have to get rid of all these things. You know, it comes. Whether you like it or not, you don't want this kind of feeling. It's a reaction. It's, a, it's how our emotions are being made. Right? If we don't know how to deal with it. So get rid of all those bitterness and, uh, uh, from our hearts. And then the second thing that in order for us to enter into the priesthood we talked about last time is we got to continue to grow. Because we grow into the priesthood. Yes, it's our calling. But for you to be able to f- be functional, enter into the calling, you have to continue to grow. Yeah, Jesus, the Son of God, was perfected. Then he was designated as the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Right? So we have to grow and, and all these experiences, the Bible says, is working for our good. It's not pleasant when we're going through it. It's painful when we're going through it. But God is working for our good so that we can grow into that priesthood that, that He has called us into. And in, indeed, it is true. If you have overcome certain area, it struggles in your life, then you can minister to others in those areas, right? So you become priests in those areas, not that you're completed. You know, a drug addict, his life is still quite rotten in many ways, but he has overcome the addiction in Jesus' name, even though his other ways may not be so good. But still, he can be priest in this area, ministering to those who are struggling, you know, and encouraging and telling them, hey, Jesus can set you free. But he has other handcuffs. It's just like us, isn't it? We are not perfect. There are areas we have victory over. We can minister to others, but there are other areas we're struggling. So you have to grow into the priesthood, just like our Lord Jesus. Uh, even as the Son of God, he has to learn obedience. This morning, I want to share with you the third way. How do we deal with rejection uh, that is uh, part of our and parcel of our experience in life? That is to look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Let's continue to look at First uh, Peter. Uh, we, we talked about the previous verses, but we are going to continue in verse 6. Chapter 2, verse 6. First Peter 2, verse 6. For in the Scripture it says... See, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. So when we are going through those painful experiences, what do we do? See, look at Jesus. Look at what he has gone through. Look at what happened. He was not put to shame. You know, he was rejected, but God raised him up to be the chief cornerstone. And if you put your trust in him, you will also not be put to shame. So we, when we go through those painful experiences, you have to look at Jesus and draw comfort from what he has gone through and knowing, and knowing that you will not be put to shame. This is not the end. 
It's just a process of raising you up. It's just a process to elevate you so that you become the chief cornerstone. See, that's how we carry on in the ministry. So, and that's, that's the key. That's the key of continuing in the ministry, continuing in the calling that God has given to us. Do you know, uh, many a time you hear me preach. You know, those messages those message doesn't come because I sit in my room. Those messages, a lot of times, are experiences that I have gone through. And because I was going through those painful experiences, because of the ministry, when I read the word, the revelation come. The revelation come. So some, sometimes people think that, oh, you know, Pastor, you, you are just using the word to, to justify yourself. No. When you don't have those experiences, you can't see those words. You can't see the depths of it. You know, in a ministry, if you want to be in a ministry, you really have to face rejection. Okay? Just, just to, I was just thinking how to make it clearer for, for us. I just want to use my experience, right? Uh, uh, right. As a pastor, I preach. Right? I mentioned there are people who complain that they can't understand my preaching, so it's my fault. You understand? Because I preach too deep, it's my fault that they cannot understand. And then, there's never a time that a few of them who, who cannot understand gather together and say, hey, you know, we, we don't understand. And we really want to get pastor to come and, and explain to us, help us so that we can understand further. Never. They don't do that. But you know why? You know, you look like this. Who dare to come to you? So again, it's my fault that they, they, they don't come, you know, because I, I don't smile too often. So, so it's my fault. You see, everything, somehow they are right in everything except the pastor. I don't know why God chose such a lousy, you know, terrible person to be the pastor because everything he seems to be at fault. Everyone else is right. The member seems to be right. Do, do you know, this is the experience in, you know, if I counsel, if I, if I am the mediator, two person cannot, cannot agree and then they get into conflicts and I as a mediator, I have no interest in both parties, Right? But when I mediate, eventually you have to look at the truth, you have to look at what, what uh, uh, you come to, and then you have to say, hey, you know, I think this is, this is it. You know, I think you are, you are, you are wrong, and, and, and uh, so on. It's the pastor's fault again, because he's biased. Can you see, this is a ministry, this is a reality of the ministry. True or not? You know, if you don't know how to handle rejection, Jesus was rejected and yet he became the chief cornerstone. Yeah? So ministry is like this. You're a cell leader, then you know a little bit of what I'm, I'm saying. So we have to keep looking to Jesus. And uh, you will never be put to shame. Okay, the, this, this, well, we'll come to that, that verse. Right. Uh, yeah, we can go to it now. Uh, Romans 8.30. Because we talk about all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Romans 8.30 continues to say, And those He predestined, 
he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. So you see, God has predestined us before uh, we were born. He knew us. He knew the reason why He sent us to this planet Earth. He has a purpose for us. He predestined us. And then He called. And we know we are called into the priesthood. Priesthood of believers. And those He called, He justified. He justified. Even if we have failing. We have sinned. Jesus, the Savior, the blood of Jesus, justify us. You know, we are not perfect. There are things that, yeah, indeed, it's our fault. Okay? But it's okay. I can still minister because Jesus is the one who justifies. You know, people want to condemn you, want to nail you because you did something wrong. Do you know that's the devil's job? Devils want to condemn us and say we are not worthy. But the blood of Jesus justifies us, even though we are not, not uh, perfect. And then, if, if, if we are being unjustly accused and, and, and slandered, Jesus will also justify us. So we don't have to worry too much about, about what are the... Not that we are arrogant and ignore the telltale sign that people are telling us. It's not that. But we don't want to be uh, uh, bound just because somebody says something. We just want to keep looking to Jesus. You know, this is not a spiritual cop-up that we, we, we don't listen to people. But I'm saying there are times, there are things you cannot, you, you just cannot explain. Leave it. Leave Jesus to justify you. You know, the more you say, the more you try and defend. We need to defend ourselves. The Apostle Paul wrote letters to defend what the accusation that is slandered against him. We need to defend ourselves. We need to speak. After that, you leave it to God. Because you cannot uh, 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 decide what that person is going to react. They, they could still carry on accusing you and, and, and saying all kinds of things. That's up to them. You know, but God is the one who justifies. Okay, so if you are going through uh, in a ministry because of, of certain experiences, you feel very unjust, uh, unjustly de dealt with by people, just, you know, you have done everything, you have explained everything, just leave it to God. He's the one who justifies. And then the next thing he said, those he justifies, he also glorifies. That's what happened. The stone that was rejected becomes a chief cornerstone, becomes a capstone. You know, there are glory awaiting us. The, 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 the process, the journey. What is the journey? If you want to get that glory, you have to share in the suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's how we conform to His image. Right? You know, we conform in this way. You have to share in His suffering. Jesus was rejected. That's why we keep looking to Jesus. Oh, He's rejected. Yeah, you know, what's the big deal? I will be glorified. Because that's what God promised. Right? It may take a long time. Well, sometimes it may take 
when you enter into eternity. But you will be glorified because we are walking in His way. Right? Okay. But if we, because of all these experiences we are going through, and we, we stop ministering, we stop moving forward, right? We are being stumbled by Jesus, by the rock, by the, the, the capstone, okay? Uh, okay, never mind. We'll, I'm sure we'll come to that, okay? I, I, we read it last week. And uh, we, we uh, the week before, uh, last week, yes. Yeah, we, we are being stumbled and fall because of Him. Because we go through this thing, it's because of the ministry. It's because of what we do, right? And you, you, you experience all this thing and now you feel so hurt, so, so uh, rejected and you stop. You don't want to, to uh, continue to serve Him, continue to press on. You are being stumbled by Jesus. Think about it. He said those who do not believe are those who do not obey. Those who do not believe are those who do not obey. And they are stumbled by Him because that's what Jesus preached. Carry the cross. Share in my suffering. You share in my resurrection. You share in my, in my glory. That's what He preached. But you are stumbled by Him. Okay, so very important uh, that, that, uh, that we really keep our eyes on Jesus. The book of Hebrews 12, verse 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us fix our eyes on Him. Not just look at Him. Just now we say, look. And here it says, fix your eyes on Him. Don't allow the circumstances to distract you. Peter, when he was walking on water because he did not fix his eyes on Jesus and he begins to look at the waves that is around him, he fall. If you don't fix your eyes on Jesus, you'll fall. If you're serving the Lord and, and, and all these experiences come to you. So, uh, as priests, we know we are called to build a spiritual temple. And, and we are that temple. Okay, We are the builder and we are also that temple. So, it is not about individual because we are building a spiritual temple. Okay, it's, it's about our relationship, how we build this temple to be a spiritual temple. It's about our relationship with one another within this, this, this uh, uh, body, right? If we do not have good relationship with one another, as mentioned, you know, if we have uh, strife and anger and bitterness and so on, then how can you build a spiritual temple? You can't. So we are that temple. We are also that builder. So the, the important is our relationship with one another, our relationship with the church. That's, that's of utmost importance when we want to build spiritual temple. Okay? Okay, so, so we, we, as I say, we are, we are building the church Jesus is building. So it's nothing, it, it, it's, it's a personal faith, but yet 
That's only the beginning. Once you believe in Jesus, you're brought into a body. You cannot say that's none of your business. You know, that's my relationship with Jesus. No. Jesus has put you in church, in, in his body. You know, if you say that's that's me, you know, none of your business, that means you're outside the body, you're not, you're outside Jesus. Because Jesus is the head. Right? He has put you in one part of this body, so you're related to this body. You cannot say it's none of your business. I'm, I'm here. Then you're outside the body. You're, you do not belong to Christ. Whatever you say about yourself, whatever you say you believe in Jesus, you, are, you do not belong to Jesus. Because Jesus brought us into the body. And a lot is, has to do with our relationship, the quality of our relationship uh, 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 within the body. So, whether what you built, what we built, we got to ask, does it last? Does it last? You know, we want to build the spiritual house that lasts forever. How do you build a spiritual house that lasts forever? Whatever we build, it can stand. But whether it will stand for a short time or, or eternally, depends on how we build. So whatever you build, you will see some result. Some people, they, they rejoice in what they see, but you know when it's being tested, the whole things will be gone because it doesn't last. Only what is built upon the capstone, the chief cornerstone, that will stand, that will last. You understand what I'm saying? That means building upon Jesus, not just talk. Really building have our foundation on Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. When you build upon that rock, when you build upon that capstone, it will last. But whatever you build now, it will, it will stand for a time. That's what Jesus said. Some men built a house on sand. Hey, the house looked beautiful. But there come a testing time. The storm came and the house collapsed because it's not building upon the rock. You see? So, whatever we build is very important. Uh, how we build. Okay, so let me, let me uh, uh, clarify this because recently I was confronted with a situation. Not a situation. Some, someone came to me. And that's why a lot of times I have to be very alert of what I'm listening. You know, and, and nothing wrong with that. And it's all good. It's all good. But it's just that it's not complete. You know, the person has a, a, a vision, and just, just to just uh, uh, make it as short as possible. And, and the vision is about intercession. And what the person saw is, if we don't intercede, whatever beautiful, whatever good it is, you know, uh, uh, I can't remember, when the wind comes, you know, the, 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 the glory will be gone. Okay, that, that was, and the person is trying to bring across to me that, hey, we got to intercede. We got to raise up intercession. 100% correct, but yet not, not 100% complete. You know what I mean? How do we build so that when the wind comes, when the storm comes, when the testing time comes, it will stand? It's not intercession, it's building upon the solid rock, upon this capstone. You understand? I'm not, the, I'm not telling you intercession is not important. Do you understand? Right? I'm just 
we just want to be accurate. We just want to be complete in our understanding. Otherwise, you know, I also wonder how to raise our intercessor, you know, because God has to touch your heart, you know. Wednesday prayer meeting, you see how many people come, how many people don't come. I can't determine that. You understand? Right, so you're telling me something that I cannot do. God has to raise them up. But the thing is, what I can do is I'm an expert builder. I can make sure this building stands. Just like Paul says, I'm an expert builder. I lay the foundation. Jesus is a capstone. Nobody can lay any other foundation but the solid rock. That's, that's what I can do. The other part I cannot do. You understand what I'm saying? So that's what I can do. You understand? Sometimes we have some truth, but they're not complete and, and, and we can be, be, be misled at times. Right? But when we build on Jesus, whatever you build, your intercession is built on Jesus, your discipling is built on Jesus, your business is built on Jesus, anything, your family is built upon uh, Jesus around, you know, it will stand. It will stand to eternity. Okay? So, uh, right, 1 Corinthians 3, 16. 哥林多前书三章 don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? What does it mean to be God's temple? <laughs> we charismatic. Well, we think that, oh, I can feel his presence. <laughs> That's the temple. Is that what it is? What does it mean? You know, to build a spiritual house is for Jesus to take His throne in that house. What does it mean for Jesus to take His throne? Is there a throne? No, it's to, so that people will come and focus on Him and come and worship Him. That's what the spiritual temple is for. For people to worship. Fixing their eyes on Jesus. Right? That's, that is what it means to be established His throne in our midst. Because we just fix our eyes on Him. And then to build a spiritual house is for Him to be king, to rule. To rule. That, so when we come, His words has got to renew our mindset. Got to build into us. So that He rule and reign in our life. Right? If there's nothing changed in your mindset when you listen to the Word of God, nothing changed with your attitude, well, that's not being filled with the Spirit. That's not what the spiritual temple is about. And then it's for us to serve Him, not just for Him to minister to us. It's for us to serve Him because here we receive His Word, His instruction, we receive His power, His authority, and we are there to complete what He has commissioned us to do. We serve Him. Right? Not just inside, but outside. This is building the spiritual temple. You know, it's not just for us to feel, thank God we can feel Him. Thank God we have those experiences. But if that's what you talk about, you miss the whole point. Right? You're not building the spiritual temple. So the temple got to be built according to the pattern, according to His instruction. That's what happened in the Old Testament time. The furniture, the design, what it is, and so on, to the minute details. We've got to build according to the pattern. 
that means you've got to be careful. Right? Because it's into the minute details. You've got to obey. You've got to see. You know, whether it's make a gold, bronze, how big it is, what design is it. Well, it's all given. But when we come to church, when we are building the kingdom of God, do we have any details? Some of us have no details, but we believe in Jesus. We come to church. That's all the details we have. What are you building? And this morning, I'm talking about details. How we should build this house. This spiritual house. That's why he's a capstone. He's a chief cornerstone. Right? We don't build whatever we feel like it. Uh, right? So, let's... First uh, Peter. First Peter 2.7. Right? You notice we are, we are just moving down the verse. Now, to you who believe... This stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they are destined for. Right, we talk about being stumbled because of what we go through. But those who believe, you know, He is precious. We will never let go of Him. He's precious. He matters to us. He's everything to us because He's a cap, uh, 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 capstone. The, you see, we are... Uh, to, 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 to not let things go. To see that He's precious. How do you define Precious. Right? He is precious because we consider Him as a capstone. Not just a living stone, but the capstone. A lot of Christians take Him as a living stone, but not the capstone. What do we mean by that? Because when He's the capstone, your life depends on it. Everything depends on it. You know, you know, your future depends on it. Your prosperity depends on it. Everything depends. That's capstone. But to consider him as a living stone is, well, you know, he's, thank God, well, he's our, my Lord. Uh, he's so good. Uh, that's just a living stone. Jesus asked the disciples, what does the, who does the people say I am? He says, some of you say you are John the Baptist. Others say you are Elijah. Others say you are Jeremiah. You see? These are the builders. But they don't take it as the chief cornerstone, the Messiah, the one who came. But they take him as Elijah, John the Baptist. Yeah, from God, yes. Right? Do they believe their teaching? Yes. But they don't consider as him as a capstone. You know, a lot of Christians are like that. Jesus is not, what well, we say, He's Lord, but He's not everything to us. Right? So we can reject Him as a capstone without knowing. We think we believe in Him. Because He said, those who believe in Him, obey Him. Obey. So if we do not obey, that means we don't believe in Him. Right? So do you build your life upon Jesus a capstone? Or is it just, yes, part of your life, part of religion, very good, from God. You know, I know in your mind, He's the Lord, He's the Christ, He's everything. In your mind, but I'm talking about in reality, when you're building, are you building with Him as a chief cornerstone? 
Okay, so as pastor, you talk to people. Oh, we try, okay. When I got time, yeah. Uh, I, I, would, I, would, I would try my best, yes. It's all talk. But Jesus is not the capstone. There's no sacrifice. There's no commitment. It's only convenience. It's only when I'm free. When I have benefits. But Jesus is a capstone. Whether you suffer, He's still the capstone. Whether you experience benefit, He's the capstone. Your life depends on it. Your future depends on it. That's what it means. So He's a capstone that we build upon. Right, let's turn to 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. So you see, Paul highlighted these two aspects. We are the living stone as well as the builder. So when he say we, everyone else, we are God's fellow workers. Not you, not the apostle, not the pastor, not we are God's fellow workers, but you are God's building. You are God's field. That's where we minister, right? We are the living, a living stone in that building being built as well as we are the builder who serve and build up this spiritual house. Okay, so, there, let's carry on reading. Uh, By the grace God has given me, I lay a foundation as an expert builder. And someone else is building on it, but each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. He said, everyone should be careful how he builds. This morning, is church life everything? Yeah, I know there are other things, but is it important that you are careful how you build together this spiritual temple? He said, everyone should be careful. Because careful, that means it go down to details again. You know, I have staff who works, but I can't say they're very careful. You know, I can't do the work, but I'm also a detailed person uh, in some ways, but I can't do it. I, I see things. Okay, so if you are careful, you notice the, the, the bolts and nuts of things, right? You, you notice the details. And, uh, and also Paul says, I'm an expert builder. Skill is important. Skill doesn't come naturally, right? You have to, well, you have talents, but you have to acquire it. You have to practice, you have to, to up, upgrade yourself, you have to continuously growing so that you become skillful. So that's why Paul says, hey, every one of us have to be careful how we build. We have to ask ourselves, are we careful in building our relationship with God, our ministry, our service, our church? Are we careful? And then he talks about you are God's field and God's building. Field and building, there are different kind of ways you approach to, to develop them, to build them. You are God's field. 
That means the seed that I plant, the word of God that I share to you, that I release to you, I got to be careful. What kind of seeding am I sowing into that field? Does it produce fruits that last? Or does it make you feel good and say, Pastor, it's so funny, ha, 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 ha. Is that what it is? Is that what it is? To come here, you know, wow, make us laugh, and go back. You see, you are God's view. The seed that I plant, I want to see an eternal harvest. I want to see the kingdom of God being benefited, you know, uh, become fruitful because of the seed that I plant. And to plant that seed, that's not the end. They are nurturing. They are caring. They are patient. Wow. Talking about patient to see some changes in some people. Pray that God will give me grace. I won't give up on some people. Sometimes you really feel, oh, forget it. They will not change. Just leave them alone. You know, sow that seed and wait for the harvest. And you have to nurture it. You have to take care of it. And then you're God's building. That's another different way of developing uh, a building again. Because if it's a building, you're talking about planning. You're talking about design. You understand? The seed, you can't design it. Well, yes, now they try and do tricks on it, right? Uh, they, you know, but but it's, it's from God, right? It's from God. The Word of God is from God. That's the seed. But in terms of you are God's building. Okay, this one, you have to think about how I design it, the details, how do I build, what kind of materials, and, and so on. Right? That's how careful, how careful we are if we want to build that spiritual house. So, if I don't have the skill, if I don't have the material, if I don't have this, what do I do? How can I get them? Sometimes you have to import from somewhere, right? So that they come and help, they come and give you the word so that you can build that house because we don't have everything. We do what we can, but we need help from outside to build. Like our building, thank God for our designer from outside the nation. Right? Build. Design. And to build a building, it costs. It costs. What kind of materials do you use? Gold? Silver? Bronze? Or wood, hay, and stubble? So to build that spiritual temple, there are two, two dimensions to it. It's a field, it's a building. Yeah? So there is a soft part, there is a hard part uh, that we need to look into. So the quality, quality of our building, what we build is important because it will be tested. You know, what kind of testing will come? The Bible says at the end of time, it will, it will go through the fire. It will be tested by the fire. Wow, that is severe testing. Because of the heat that will melt everything. Everything will surface. The hidden dross and the pollution, whatever, it, it will come to surface. That's, that's serious testing. So we got to think about it, 
right? Our work, whatever we build, it will go through that, whether it will stand or not stand. That's why we've got to be careful how we build. Remember the seven churches in the book of Revelation? One time it existed. And Jesus came through the letters and warned them, take note, be careful how you build. You're lukewarm. You, you, you allow Jezebel to come in, you know. Hey, there are things there. If they are not careful, it will be destroyed. And today you know they are gone. They are no more. So what you built, you can see now. But will it last? Will it last? We want to see what we built here last. Last for eternity. Not just glorious for this moment. So we've got to be careful how we build. And we want to build into the next generation. The, the word of God. The truth of God. Upon the capstone. You know, it's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. But it will last. That's what we are. Okay, I think I, I want to stop here. But actually, there's, there are other things I want to say. But I think it's enough. There's a lot for us to to consider a lot for us to, to really think how we are building this spiritual temple that God has assigned for every one of us to, to build. And it's a temple for Him to dwell. For Him to dwell. I explain to you what's the meaning, not the goosebump. Okay? It's for Him to dwell so that He is a capstone. He is the center, the focus of everything. You know, that's worship. He is the Lord. He is the King. You know, and we are to serve according to His instruction. That's what it means to build, to, to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, so each one of us, we have to look into our life at the beginning of this, this year. How have you been building? Are you careful? Are you using the right material to build? Is it last? Or does it look good now? You know, receive a lot of praise from men now. But does it last when it goes through the fire, goes through a testing? Okay, some of us, we really struggle in this life. We really try our best, do everything, hoping to gain in this world. And we are smart people in this world. But in eternity, we didn't build anything because it's all for self. Actually, that's what I, I have left to say. That's how you destroy the temple. If you carry on reading, go back and read First uh, uh, Corinthians 3, right? Uh, just carry on reading. Then you understand what does it mean to destroy the temple. He said, those who destroy the temple, I will destroy it. It's to build for self. That's destroying the temple. You just build for yourself. Right? Okay, so we're going to stand, we're going to pray, we're going to allow continue to allow the Spirit of God to just, just work that word into our spirit.